The Gospel today is from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 4, verses 35 to 41. On that day, when evening came, he told them, let's cross over to the other side of the sea. So they left the crowd and took him along, since he was already in the boat, and other boats were with him. A fierce windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking over the boat, so that the boat was already being swamped. But he was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. So they woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care that we're going to die? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the sea, Silence, be still. The wind ceased, and there was a great calm. Then he said to them, Why are you fearful? Do you still have no faith? And they were terrified and asked one another, Who then is this? Even the wind and the sea obey him. Thanks be the Lord for his word. Do take your seats again. Before we uh, immerse ourselves in this passage, it's perhaps just worth noting uh, about the picture on the screen behind me. Then in the 1980s, there was a drought that exposed a very well-preserved first-century fishing boat in the mud off the Sea of Galilee, which has given us a very good idea of the sort of vessel, no doubt, featured in this story. Now, it's pretty unlikely that this is the boat, uh, but the boat was undoubtedly something like this. Under the direction of the Israeli Antiquities Authority, Archaeologists began a race against time to carefully extract this boat from the mud before uh, waters returned. Pots and lamps found inside the boat dated it to the first century, and carbon-14 testing further confirmed that dating. And the design of the boat was typical of fishing boats used during that period on the Sea of Galilee. In the back of the boat, there was a raised section, like the one Jesus could have been sleeping on as indicated in the Gospel accounts. And this boat, it's been worked out, could accommodate uh, some 15 people. This archaeological discovery, therefore, confirms the general description given in the Bible. Writing around the middle of the first century, and probably drawing upon the eyewitness testimony of the Apostle Peter, Mark here presents his account of one of the most unusual miracles of Jesus. The miracle is unusual because it's, it's not a healing uh, or an exorcism. Rather, it's what's been called a, a nature miracle, like Jesus walking on the water or feeding the 5,000. It's a miracle that seems to simply highlight God's power over nature. I'd like to clear aside first a a traditional reading of this passage that I think is a misreading. Here, represented by the introduction to Mark 4.35 following in William Neal's one-volume Bible commentary, he says, Four stories are now added showing the power of the Messiah over the demon world. Mark makes no distinction between the stilling of the storm 
and the healing acts of Jesus. All are evidence of his authority over Satan's domain. Jesus uses the same word, be muzzled, in exorcising the demon who caused the storm as he does in the case of the demoniac in 125. Now, Jesus' use of one word is a thin foundation, I think, upon which to build an interpretation of a passage. It seems to me that, in fact, only two of the, the four stories in this section of Mark clearly have to do with Satan, that is, the demoniac and the woman with the issue of blood. Moreover, there's no evidence elsewhere in Scripture that demons can control the weather. Finally, Mark's account here simply doesn't read like Jesus is responding to some sort of satanic assassination attempt. Jesus doesn't address himself to a demon, but to the wind and the sea. 39, he rebuked the wind and said to the sea, silence, be still, be muzzled. Yes, Jesus' command um, anthropomorphized nature. Um, But who among us hasn't rebuked, say, a computer when it fails to work? Uh, Our rebuke doesn't mean that we think the computer is demon-possessed. And neither, I think, does Jesus' command for the wind to shut up. So if that's not what's going on in the calming of the storm, what is happening? I think we can better appreciate Mark's story if we think about the biblical understanding of miracles. The New Testament uses three interesting Greek terms to describe miracles. Dunamis, an act of power. Uh, Dunamis is the the root of English words such as dynamic and dynamo. Terrace, a wonder. And simeon, uh, a sign. Think of the field of semiotics. Michael Poole brings these terms together helpfully when he explains uh, Dunamis focuses attention on the cause of a miracle in the power of God. Taurus reflects its effect and Simeon its purpose. Now, as a nature miracle, Jesus' calming of the storm is clearly an act of dunamis, of power. And one effect of this terrace is obviously to to rescue the boats and their occupants from the storm. But another effect of the miracle is to leave Jesus' disciples as frightened, terrified, awestruck of him as they had been of the storm before he stilled it. You see, the the significance that the simian of this miracle is definitely not some comforting message about how those who carry Jesus in the boat of their lives will find peace amongst the raging storms of life because Jesus is there and he will rescue us from danger if we take him on board our boat in life. Um, This is an application that William Neal's commentary, unfortunately, also makes. Uh, Well, for one thing, such a take-home message would clearly not be true. Plenty of people find life all the stormier and sometimes all the shorter for being a Christian. 
So what is it that put the fear of God into the disciples on this occasion? I think this is the key to understanding what's going on here. Jesus' command of wind and wave would surely, to the first audience of this miracle, have brought to mind the following verses from Psalm 107 in the Old Testament. This is Psalm 107, verses 23 to 29. Others went out on the sea in ships. They were merchants on the mighty waters. They saw the works of the Lord, his wonderful deeds in the deep. For he spoke and stirred up a tempest that lifted high the waves. They mounted up to the heavens and went down again to the depths. In their peril, their courage melted away. They reeled and staggered like drunken men. They were at their wit's end. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he brought them out of their distress. He stilled the storm to a whisper. The waves of the sea were hushed. See, it's not demons that scripture describes as controlling the sea, but the Lord God of Israel who directly or indirectly lifts the waves up or stills the storm. And here is Jesus addressing himself to the storm as God. In other words, Jesus' miracle of calming the storm is an enacted claim to divinity. And one that carries with it a powerful, dynamic, supernatural evidence of that claim's truth. And that, surely, is why the disciples end the story as much in fear or awe of Jesus as they were of the storm he stills. Amen.